Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Hard Obsessive Podcast. I'm one half of your hosting deal with JP Nunez. I'm joined as always by my co-host, Sean Parker. How's it going, Sean? Hi. I If I cut myself in half, could I be your other quarter? What the hell? <laughs> Some half joke, man. I don't know. I'm trying to be, what? you know... I'm trying to do something. What? Get... what? <laughs> anyway... <laughs> All right, guys. Um, <laughs> apparently, Sean's weird. Yeah, like a magician. Like, <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, they cut other people in half, but you know, close enough. Well, that could be my act, uh, doing something other people are. <laughs> All right. Well, get into it already, JP. Come on, <laughs> let's not dwell on these bad jokes. Uh, yeah, let's not do this. <laughs> they suck. Um, <laughs> All right. So this week, uh, this episode, we're going to be talking about the cell. Uh, with filmmaker K11. Uh, but before we do that, let's talk a bit about these two weeks in Horror Obsessive. Um, Previously so- on Horror Obsessive. Exactly. Uh, so, Sean, <laughs> what uh, what have you been watching lately? Oh, Jesus. What haven't I been watching? <laughs> um, well, for me, uh, last week, well, the last two weeks, it looked very much like uh, a lot of The Last of Us. Uh, this week's was kind of a filler episode, and somehow, four pages. <laughs> There's a oh, lot man. going on in that show, and a lot of people need to know about it. And uh, uh, Kin was a Kin, Kin was kind of a filler episode, but that episode before with uh, Henry and Sam called Endurance Survive was absolutely heart aching. Um, yeah, it's it's the best show that tears my soul apart every single week. Um, so I'm watching that. <laughs> I watched, uh, I've been watching you on Netflix. Uh, it's, have you, have you ever watched the show? No, I haven't. All right. So the, the idea is that there's this serial killer that, that's stalking women and, uh, he doesn't think he's a serial killer. He's a romantic, you know, um, very Dexter-esque, uh, kind of, kind of show. And I think it's a weird in a weird way, it, it does something that <laughs> you don't see a whole lot uh, in in horror, where it takes the protagonist, it makes him first of all, it makes him super smart, like, and it also it sort of twists the narrative. Like this new season, especially, is twisting the narrative even more. Uh, it, it twists the narrative so that this person thinks they're looking for love, but what they're really looking for is like they're just looking at lust, but they're calling it love. And it, it kind of mm-hmm. gives you the, the better visual, but the, uh, uh, this season's great because it's a whodunit. <laughs> mm. okay. Um, it's, they really, Netflix released the first five episodes so far. It's been pretty good. The, the guy who I thought it was, they finally revealed that it was that. So, um, Yeah. <laughs> that's that's that right. uh for movie wise i've been uh been all over the spectrum again i uh calvary is coming to theaters uh this friday mm-hmm. it's a uh, movie from i i think it, i think it said 2009 it's a horror film about a singer that goes into the i don't want to say he gets lost in the woods he's on his way to another gig and uh it's rainy and torrentially pouring and he pulls off the road and ends up in a in a town full of uh not so nice people let's, <laughs> let's put it that way All right. All um a little bit different uh interesting blend of psycho psychological horror and uh and some uh themes of possession and identity uh cool if you're if you're into that uh i liked it i also watched nasebo which uh 
uh, Hal just put up a review for because that's coming to Shutter uh, this week as well. Uh, Nasibo's, I I really like this. Uh, I think that the plot is a little derivative, but the acting is solid. The uh, supernatural themes are fantastic, and it's scary. Like it's it's sort of scary in a way that you're not expecting it to be, and it kind of puts it kind of takes a social issue that we all kind of ignore and puts it uh, in right in your face. I kind of enjoyed that about it. Okay, cool. What about you? What have you been watching? Oh, what have I been watching? Oh boy. Um, let's see. So I watched, I watched the retaliators, uh, which came out. What did you year. think? I, I, yeah, I saw that. I, um, I did a review for that a while back. what did you think? Yeah. Of it? Yeah. Yeah. So I watched it cause uh, it came to Blu-ray. So I wrote a little news article about that. Um, I mostly liked it. Um, I mean, it had some issues, you know, um, but on the whole, I would say that I had a, a real, I had a really good time with it. You know, um, yeah. it's a, it's a good revenge horror movie that does a bit more than what you expect revenge horror movies to do. Well, I, I thought it was, I think this, I think the worst part about it is that the setup's a little weird. It's a little, mm. uh, yeah. like the, the pacing is strange in that first half yeah. to the second half. Mm. Um, that intro, first of all, is solid. Like it totally mm. captures your attention. Oh, yeah. And then, oh, yeah, and then it kind of like goes off on, on a, a bit of a tangent when, uh, mm-hmm. when they're doing the investigation sort of portion. Uh, what I really yeah. enjoyed about this film, the uh, retaliators was the soundtrack. I thought the soundtrack for that was amazing. Um, yeah, a lot see, of heavy metal bands, yeah. I'm, <laughs> but from I'm, my I'm, but from my day, from like the two thousands <laughs> era. So yeah, I'm not a, I'm not a, I'm not really much of a metalhead. So. I'm not either. That's the that's the weird part. <laughs> uh, but I was still like, I was like, this kind of rocks. Okay, you know. I, I mean, so like the 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 bands were all from that era, but I don't remember any of the songs. I think they're all new songs. Yeah, it's all it's all new stuff. Yeah. It's like pop. Like half of them are in the movie too. Like uh, Papa Roach is yeah. in the movie, and yeah. uh, Tommy Lee is in the movie. Uh, yeah. Ice Nine Kills. I think all of them are in this yeah. movie. Like yeah, um, Five Finger Death Punch, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah it's, it's so. It's if, weird, I guess if anybody yeah. others into those bands, I, I definitely yeah, check out yeah. that soundtrack for De- sure. And yeah, exactly. if you like the soundtrack, check out the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's a good time. All right, what else are you watching? Um, let's see. What else did I watch? Um, I saw some interesting trailers. Uh, there's one for a movie called Moon Garden, uh, which is like a like a dark fantasy, almost Guillermo del Toro esque kind of kind of movie. Um, the the, the plot synopsis they gave is is kind of vague, kind of generic, but the trailer is beautiful. Um, it it's super atmospheric. Um, Great cinematography, wildly imaginative visuals. Um, it, it was absolutely a joy to watch. Um, so, if you like kind of the more fantasy side of horror or the more horror side of fantasy, um, that's definitely one to look out for. You know, um, I'm reading. I'm reading this plot synopsis right now, and I feel like it it blends well with the movie we're about to talk about today. Uh, when a little girl has a terrible accident mm. and slips into a coma, mm-hmm. she finds herself thrust into a darkly surreal industrial dream world, haunted by a nightmare specter that feeds off of her 
tears? Oh, her tears. I was going to say fears. Uh, she must follow her mother's radio static voice to find her way back to consciousness. Actually, that, that sounds freaking fantastic. I'm all for that. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and if you watch the trailer, you will be even more for it. Um, it's, it's a fantastic trailer. I can't, I, I, it doesn't have a release date yet, um, but I can't wait to find out when it comes out and to see it. You know? Oh, it's on oscilloscope too. Yeah. Yeah, which is weird because I didn't know they released. I, I didn't know they were a, a or yeah. I, I guess I I, 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 I know them as a, a, a Blu-ray label, but I didn't know that they released movies in theaters. Yeah, no, they um, did. Uh, we need to talk about Kevin, and they did. Uh, I think Rare Exports. I, I don't know if they bought that. Yeah. Or if they uh, distributed. I think they distributed. Well, too. I know they did the they did the uh, the Blu-ray of that, but. But yeah, I mean, they do the Blu-ray of that, but I, I didn't know that they put it in theaters too. Yeah. Um, another good trailer that I saw. Uh, you might disagree with this, but it's the new Children of the Corn. Listen, <laughs> I won't disagree with it. All right, I'm gonna watch it. I know I'm gonna watch it. You know why? Because I've watched all the other ones. <laughs> oh, man, Listen, I haven't even done I wrote that. my my Killer Kids piece, because I keep bringing it up, because I'm a shelf, uh, selfless promoter. Um, you are, or yeah. selfish, selfish promoter. Uh, <laughs> oh, no, yeah. I, Sean, I know what you meant. It's okay. That uh, <laughs> Ch- uh, Children of the Corn 2 is it's underrated, mostly because it's freaking funny as hell. It's just totally off the rails. All right. I, all I right. love it. Uh, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm going to watch, I watched the last remake too, the one that came out in 2009, but yeah, it doesn't, Mm -hmm. it doesn't give me hope because I don't think, I think it's going to be hard to update because the one thing that breaks the 1984 version for me is the alien element in that, in that film where the, the, he who hides behind the rose is like a, it's not even a monster. It's, it's like an alien. They somehow Mm -hmm. that's like put into the, the story. And I'm like, I, I don't know. Aliens just don't do it for me, scary-wise. Like, mm-hmm. just never have uh, maybe one or two scenes in, in M. Night Shyamalan signs, but that's about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, that's not that's just not one of my fears. I just, I don't I don't have that for that, so. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, they could easily make it like some sort of like demonic type of creature or something, or, or, or I mean, pretty much anything else. So, yeah, I mean, no, that's what I'm hoping you know? for, is I think that I think yeah, they yeah. need to change the creature and um, yeah. the, but the other thing that I don't think that would be good for like to today's age is mm-hmm. uh, I, and <laughs> I go back and forth on, on this with a lot of films too because I think a lot of films now are being set in like 70s, 80s just to avoid the fact that people have cell phones mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and I kind of get it. I think they, they take atmosphere out of out of horror a lot you know i don't think that there's a good way to do this in like a today's age where we're so intricately woven with technology both you know the cellular visual anything i, I don't i just don't know how they're gonna do it <laughs> yeah well i'm so hoping for, for the best but i'm preparing for the worst i suppose yeah i mean yeah like you, you never know how it's actually gonna turn out and yeah you know children the, the the name children of the corn because of its history doesn't really inspire much confidence but i thought the trailer looked pretty good um and also it's coming out from rlje um which i mean they they you know they have their fair share of misses too but i think they're they're a fairly reliable indie distributor so i think 
you know, if, if they're doing it, I'm, I'm more than willing to give it a chance. Um, like I told you before, I requested a, screen, a screener for it, so I'll be reviewing it. Um, I actually got it already, so. Oh, yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so that'll be coming out uh, actually yeah, probably yeah. shortly after this episode posts. Well, if you tell me it's terrible, I'll know that I love it. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't watched it yet, so I can't tell you anything right now, but I'll let you know when I see it. Cool. All right, I guess we should just get into it then, huh? Yeah, we probably should. All right, so we're here with uh, with K11, filmmaker of uh, Black Lake, which is just uh, releasing its director's cut. Um, We're going to talk about The Cell, um, the 2000, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 2000. yeah, yeah, yeah. Two thousand film, The Cell. Um, so, what we normally do is we normally start off uh, with just a little plot synopsis. Uh, so, Kay, would you want to just briefly oh, go man. over the plot of the movie? All right, hey guys, hey JP, hey Sean. Okay, whoo. <laughs> so, um, The Cell. Uh, so, released in two thousand, directed by Tarsem Singh. Um, so we follow the protagonist, um, Catherine Dean, played by J-Lo, who is, um, almost like a child psychiatrist. So they have this futuristic technology where she can go into the minds of patients. So she's working with a young child. And then there's this other case happening where there's a serial killer out there abducting women and eventually killing them. So he abducts a, a woman um, and, the, and the serial killer is played by um, Vincent D'Onofrio, uh, who plays Carl Starger. And he abducts a woman and then has some kind of stroke. So um, the FBI are basically trying to figure out what to do. Uh, they find out about this technology and this facility. And they go to um, they go to Catherine Dean to be like, you know, can you enter the, the mind of this killer, interact with him and find out where this um victim is where where she's been placed um that's i think i've done a good job there <laughs> yeah that's, that, that's oh, basically vince, it vince vaughn is like the lead um fbi agent there so um it's yeah a really interesting cast yeah you know this was uh this was the first time i'd ever seen it um it I was know. one of those movies that it just kind of <laughs> <laughs> it kind of just you know passed me by um i i liked it i liked it I was very surprised that Vince Vaughn was in it, though. Yeah. <laughs> I was not expecting that. <laughs> you know, back back in those uh, that time, Vince Vaughn really wasn't into uh, like comedy films yet. Mm-hmm. He really hadn't done like uh, what is it, old school? I think really sort of put him and brought yeah. him over. He had done like Return to Paradise with Anne Hayes, and Clay Pigeons was kind of a comedic role, but it was very dark and uh, Psycho. <laughs> you oh, done, yeah. you yeah. done the remake I mean, of Psycho. I think of him, and I think of him in Dodgeball, and I'm like, hmm, yeah, yeah. yeah that's, I think that's a year later. I think that's a year after this. Cool. Wait, that um, was 2001. I think so. I, I really? feel like that's. Oh wow. I feel like that's right. That was a. I was in high school when these films came out. Oh, my God. So. oh man, what happened? Do you think everybody was just really traumatized after the cell and that J-Lo just couldn't stop being cast in like romantic comedies? Because it's like, dude, you're such a bad... Like, it's crazy because I I know she gets a lot of heat from like, a lot of people are like, oh, she's so awful in it. Or quite often when I tell people like, I love the cell, they'll they'll be like, oh, is that that film with J-Lo? It's always 
that film with J-Lo? And I'm like, dude, she was in Anaconda. Anaconda is a great movie. <laughs> I'm a, I'm yeah, a when, Anaconda. <laughs> yeah, when I think of J-Lo, I think, uh, at least as far as horror movies, I think more Anaconda than anything else. Right. It could be because I'd never seen oh, the film before, but but yeah, so. Anaconda also had such a brilliant cast. So like that, that is my childhood there. You know who I often forget is in Anaconda is Owen Wilson is is one of the characters of that. And I'm like, he's in that, he's in Armageddon, and you go, Owen Wilson was in a ton Wait, of really? stuff. But like, yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. I don't remember. He's, that. But you just totally yeah, you just totally forget that he's in there because yeah, yeah. he's just such a side character. Yeah. Um but you know what's funny is I did watch Shotgun Wedding last week because I I'm a JLo fan, and I'll admit it. Um so How was <laughs> I it? Care. I'll watch anything. I, it wasn't bad. It was it was a quick fun little movie you know what i mean like it was just funny and and entertaining and like sure there are there plot holes abound yes but i expected that it's a silly movie it's not so, mm-hmm. just supposed to be entertaining you know uh i think if if you liked uh that sandra bullock channing tatum one uh where they're going through the, the island the lost, it's pretty much the like lost on the city. same i think that's what it's yeah, called yes lost the yeah, lost city right. yeah um yeah, i think just the lost city it is the yeah lost city. I, I think it was originally supposed to be called the lost city of d but but they changed it. Um, yeah, so if you liked that one, I think you'll like this one. It's very okay. very entertaining. Anyway, um, yeah, so yeah, Vince Vaughn, Jake Weber, who was also in Dawn of the Dead, um, Dylan Baker, who character actor is in just about anything. Like you throw it to the wall, he's probably been in it, or there's a six degrees of Kevin Bacon sort of thing with it. Uh, there's a ton of people in this movie. And Vincent D'Onofrio, you know, I, every time I picture him, I see the uh, this stature-esque character from, like, Law and Order or Kingpin from Daredevil, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, my God, the guy is ripped in this. He's like a young slain blade here, you know? Like, it's... Yeah. Um, you just, you totally forget that, you know? <laughs> and that's not that... Well, it's not long for me, I guess. It was 20 years ago. Um <laughs> Oh my gosh! Oh, 20. Wow. Yeah, yeah, twenty-three years ago. Twenty-three years ago. Yeah, almost twenty-five. You're old, Sean. What happened? What happened? <laughs> I, I still wonder what happened <laughs> all the time. Um, yeah. So, so the let's. I, I want to start at the beginning with this one too because I right from the right from the start of this movie, like where uh, J J Lo's character Catherine mm-hmm. um, enters. Uh, the mind of the child there, Edward. Um, we see like we see a weird parallel going on uh, between what is happening in Edward's mind and then uh, what is happening out in the desert with uh, Carl. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really weird. Like I never noticed this before, but like it's a desert scene, right? And then when she gets to vegetation, she leaves the horse. Yeah. Uh, she's wearing all white. She goes and she meets him. Um. And she wants to. She wants him to come onto water with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, she wakes up uh, in that sort of Michael Crichton uh, coma situation, and the table rises to meet her. And then when we get to Carl, it's sort of the same thing. It's he's traveling across the desert into vegetation. He's got a white dog. He uh, leaves his he leaves his horse, which is a car at the vegetation, goes inside, the woman is in water, <laughs> and um, then there's the table on the suspension. And you go, 
this is so like I was like this is really well set up like it's been for yeah. me it's been 23 years and I was like holy shit this is together respect yeah. <laughs> um, to have because it really is it's it's in it's an inversion isn't it yeah um, wow yeah my gosh my gosh no this film is really just um, like I hear people talking about it now. Like I'll go to film festivals and people be like, "Oh, I love the cell." And I, I thought, well, I thought I was the only one. <laughs> like for the longest time, like I, I watched it in two thousand and one, and I was always the only person who'd ever heard about this film. So now when I hear people talking about it, it's kind of surreal. It's really surreal because I've, I've, I feel like I've journeyed with this film so much. And when I started making short films in 2007, I knew it was impacting those. But I watched this, I watched The Cell again a couple of days ago, and it was really emotional because I thought, oh my gosh, wow, this has really, really impacted Black Lake um, in so much that I, I kind of did a social media post about it and just said, maybe Black Lake is, is it's like a love letter to The Cell. Um, I mean, there were some obvious kind of homages that I paid, but there was just so much other stuff that just kind of seeped its way in. Yeah, no, I um, I read the post. I definitely agreed because, <laughs> and what's funny is I I hadn't I hadn't seen it yet. I hadn't rewatched the cell yet, and I hadn't watched the director's cut. I watched them both yesterday, and I had seen the social media post that you put up, and I was like. I was like, okay, so now I know, you know, I, I kind of have an idea to, to look out for it more. But I mean, I think water, water is a big deal in the cell. Like it, there's a lot of stuff with water in the in the film. And what's funny is I had it, I had a whole bunch of stuff written down. And then in the second half, they just go for it and they tell you, yes, water, water is a big deal. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I thought I was getting this. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, also, fantastic planet sequence. Obvious that that's pretty obvious uh, yeah. between yeah the two. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that was um, well. It's so strange because when I I wanted to pay homage, I like to pay homage. I don't ever want anybody to be like, "Oh, Kay's copied this." No, I I explicitly pay homage in in the end credits of Black Lake. I I actually say a thank you to Tarsim Singh. So I I remember when I was filming Black Lake, and I thought. Well, I don't want to replicate any scenes from the cell. That would be difficult and, and weird. So I'm just going to get licensing permission for um, René Leloup's um, Le Planète Sauvage, which is Fantastic Planet. And I'll just pop that in my movie um, because that's what J-Lo is, is watching too. Um, and it was strange because when I used the, the clip that I chose, um, it also mirrored what was happening in Black Lake with the hair and everything and the duality. So it was really strange. But then when I revisited the cell a couple of days ago, I I realized it wasn't just that clip. There was a lot of other stuff that was just kind of echoed, I think stylistically perhaps. So yeah, yeah, it was oh, very joyous. for sure. Yeah, no, and we're we're gonna get into that too, but uh, we're gonna keep. I think we should keep going with the cell for now, but we'll get yeah, into because yeah. I've definitely got some things to ask you. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> um, so I think artwork uh, is a huge factor uh, for Tarsum Singh in this yeah. as well. And yes, I've got some notes here as well. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, the thing that I always remember about this film, and I think it's the same for a lot of other people, especially if they're not familiar with art. I'm not great with art. Uh, mm-hmm. 
I definitely I've seen some stuff. I I like the stuff I've seen. Let's put it that way. I'm yeah. I mean, some, you know, yeah. um, yeah. but <laughs> but I'm I'm very I'm simple, I suppose, in that measure. Uh, but you know, we get to it, and the horse scene always gets me, and I'm like, because it's shocking. It's shocking as hell, and you just like like right reviled everything at the fact that this is happening. I uh, to one extent, I remember watching. Um, who did Eyes Without a Face? Uh, oh, yeah, the French I, movie? Yeah. Um, yeah. He, oh, he has a short film. He has a short film on the um, on that film, uh, on the Criterion Collection version of that mm-hmm. film. And it's uh, literally a documentary about how they kill cows in meat plants. And mm-hmm. to the same extent, like, I remember being two th- like in 2000 watching this movie and seeing the horse just, like, get caught up into, like, um, the pieces and like just being like totally shocked that like they did that, you know, <laughs> and um, it, it was the same thing when I saw this documentary, this little thing about, you know, like literally they just take this thing, they put it to the, um, the, the poor, I think it was a cow's head and just, and the, the thing just like locks up and falls down. And it's this, it was like the same effect. Like I was just like, I was like, I can't watch this anymore. <laughs> I shut it off. So. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's it's disheartening, but that is uh, Damien Hirst. It's a, yes, a Damien- that is Damien yeah. Hirst. I think for me, um, when I first watched The Cell, so I actually regard The Cell as it's in one of my it's it's one of my top five movies of all time, um, and it is my top horror film of all time because for me, it is so much about that art realm which I think Tarsum Singh is very well versed in. And I believe he used to do a lot of music videos as well. So that aesthetic too. Um, so I remember seeing that horse scene and yep, exactly. Damien Hurst. Um, there's some kind of geiger landscapes as well. And I am mm-hmm. a huge fan of HR Geiger. Um, and uh, there's some o- uh, other bits as well. So for example, when Vince Vaughn's character enters the dreamscape and then you have the three women lined up on the beach, mm-hmm. and they all tilt their heads up. That's actually based on an artwork by a Norwegian artist called um, Odd Nerdrum. And the art piece is called mm-hmm. Dawn, which is also the name of one of the, um, one of the pieces of score for Black Lake. So that's oh. a direct reference oh, to nice. that. As well. Oh, that's cool. I, yeah. Yeah, I didn't. I wouldn't have caught that one for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah so most either. most of the most of the um the names, if not all of the names of um the musical compositions for Black Lake are um famous pieces of art. So there's. Oh, you did tell me that. I, can't, yeah, I think you told yeah, me that one last time. Um, yeah, there's that dimension to it too. So. Yeah, no, and, and that's what I loved because when I watched The Cell, it was this, because I, I'm, I very much have my foot in the art world as well. And, and, I, and I love that merge of horror, of, of dreamscape, because I'm a Jungian, and art. So for me, it was the film. It was what I wanted um, and the filmmaker I wanted to be. Yeah. Uh, no, I definitely see you, especially on uh, social media, going to a lot of... Uh museums uh i also see you do the rock climbing quite a bit yeah uh, you're definitely you definitely have some uh some I'm fun a bit outside of hobbies at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> the, 
the thing about the odd nerdrum one, I also thought that there was a little uh, Tarkovsky in there. Mm-hmm. Um, Stalker. Uh, yeah. I can see, like, when... Because the, the ground isn't exactly the same as it is in the, the odd nerdrum painting. And mm-hmm. I kind of get that feeling that we're going on a journey to a place that isn't real. You know, that, that, uh, yeah. that sort of uh, concept. Uh, I think that's interesting. I, I, because I'm a huge Tarkovsky fan anyway. So when you know Vince Vaughn falls in and, and we've got that it's kind of like this weird like it, it's definitely dream-esque and there's also like to me I feel like there's a lot of Twin Peaks references in this uh film as well especially at the beginning they like they even go into a diner at one point the first thing that you see is cherry pie get crossed tossed across the counter right? and, yeah and I'm like I'm like this is pretty obvious even uh the the bleached look and the uh the woman wrapped in plastic it's it's all yeah. there and yeah and, yeah it is so it certainly is uh, i'm like you're really you're really driving home the david lynch stuff but uh maybe it's just a love letter to me the future me. <laughs> pretty much yeah <laughs> <laughs> well um i think what makes me a little bit sad now is because like i love i love tarsam singh's work um the fall um i also uh, i'm quite fond of mirror mirror that was a really fun movie, and I'm also I'm actually just really sad because when um, the costume designer um, Eiko Ishioka passed, I feel like it's really impacted his work, like really, because that was such a trump card. Um, that yeah. particular costume designer who did who also did the um, the, the costumes for. Uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula. I yeah. was just reading about her. Like after the after I watched the movie, I I, yeah. I went on. I was looking at the awards that it had won. Uh, it, it was even I think it won an Academy Award or was nomin- nominated for nominated. Academy Award. Yeah. No, best makeup. Sorry. Um, it was yeah, best makeup. And but yeah, I ended up seeing um, Ishioka's name and yeah. looking looking her up, and I was like, well, this makes sense because yeah. all of those costumes pop. Like they are phenomenal yeah, definitely yeah they really um, make a statement and i felt like um once she passed tarsam singh made a film with ryan reynolds um i cannot remember the name but it just didn't it just didn't feel it just didn't have that thing it really didn't yeah, yeah I, uh, I just felt like that was just such a huge loss so um and that's something i really envied about um like the the films um what were the costumes that attention to detail i i agree um i remember see i think the cell and the fall fall under a very uh similar spectrum Mm -hmm. uh where it's dreamlike it's also i i have it written down it's almost uh it's almost the inversion of the cell uh, because the cell you're going into the mind in in the fall, he's telling a story that's coming out of his mind, you know, like, yeah. it, or she's kind of putting it all together in the same place. It, they kind of fit in the same universe almost. Yeah, I actually um, had the pleasure of seeing the fall on a big screen for the first time last year. Because I've, I've like had it on DVD for ages, like, and I've watched it so many times. But last year, I finally got to see it on the big screen. It was mind blowing. That's awesome. That that was one of the movies that I really wanted to get out and see. And back then, it was like I either had to go, you know, it'd be one showing in like the middle of the day in some random art house theater that's you know twenty seven miles away in order to see it, um, or the alternative was wait for the Blu Ray. Right. So that's what I did. 
Um, that was actually one of, I think, the first Blu-rays I bought because The Cell was also, I think, one of the first DVDs I bought because that was like the heyday of DVDs. I think everybody had that one on DVD. It's a good one. It is. It's a good well, one. not everyone. It's a good one. Well, uh, yeah, clearly. <laughs> JP, what, uh, out of curiosity, because I like to give mm-hmm. you shit, yeah. <laughs> where where would this movie fall in your collection? Like, what is the subgenre <laughs> Uh, so I have a section of what I call in my mind human horrors, which is basically just, you know, it, it, it's mostly psychological horror, I guess, but it's basically anything that's not supernatural or monsters or, or slashers, even though slashers are often humans. But yeah, so it, it, would, it, would, it would go in that section of, of human horrors, which is where it should go. Not alphabetically. Not alphabetically. Oh, yeah. like oh, I no, 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 no. <laughs> not alphabetically. Oh. Do you do I that? know that's so I like to I like to find my movies. <laughs> I like to know where they are. <laughs> but yeah, I know where all my movies are. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> and I know about like subgenres and everything, like Exactly, exactly. That's how it's supposed to be. You you organize it by genre, then by subgenre, then within the subgenre just, by franchise. Take a take a little memory photo and, and there, there you go. Yeah, it, it's very simple, Sean. Come on. Exactly. I feel like a oh, philistine. You know? I am. You're. No, you, are you are, Sean. You, you are a philistine. <laughs> okay. Well, I think um, I did. We talk about Lady Gaga last time we spoke, Sean. We did. I we did. I think so, you said that she was that, a huge influence to yeah. Black Lady. Because I, I yeah. think at the time you asked me what I was listening to, and I said, "Oh, I'm listening to Lady Gaga's new album, Chromatica." Well, here's something to tie into this conversation because her um, video for 911 is directed by Tarsem Singh. Did you know oh, that? Oh, nice! Wow. I did okay. not know that. Yeah, um, I knew. I knew he was big in um, music videos, especially a while ago. I, I didn't know that he was still doing them. Um, I, oh, and I think it's. Like- perfect collaboration like ultimate collaboration yeah no i i i would agree i think that that's probably a really good uh um mm-hmm. team up yeah but so if you, if you i would check out the video for that sorry sean if you check out the video for that you will definitely see a lot of like the cell and kind of other things i think another film that was hugely influential in the 911 video was um the color of pomegranates um which is a, never heard oh, of that I one. Think I know that. it's super art house um i can't remember who directed it but it's really famous um so that was a huge influence but um yeah it was just magnificent to see two artists that i absolutely adore working together uh the like as soon as i saw the video i was like this is tarsum singh yeah, are you looking yeah. up the color of pomegranate i was looking yeah, i was yeah. directed by sergey Harajanov. I don't know who that was. Mm-hmm. Apparently, it's also a biography of Sayan Nova. Mm-hmm. What it's, it's definitely an interesting watch, um, but I don't think I'd ever watch it again. It was like, okay, this is really interesting, very um, beautiful to look at, uh, but yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, I, I, there's a couple of those in my collection for sure. Uh, <laughs> one, that, one that just has weird space in my mind and will always have a weird space in my mind and i hope i never have to watch it again for anything is um antichrist (laughs) (laughs) i still need to watch it i only recently watched melancholia so melancholia is a different beast like i really love melancholia but 
Antichrist is so uh, like what when you get to that ending, you're just like first of all, it's three hours. It's gorgeous, like it's oh. absolutely gorgeous. But oh, yeah. uh, oh, really, it is. Yeah, it's three hours, oh, and um, when you get to that. the end of it, you're just like, oh my god! <laughs> like I remember. So I a quick story because this this is pretty funny. Um, I watched it. I said to my brother, I go, I don't know whether I love that or hated it. And like, it, it takes up this weird space because it's so, it's a little misogynistic and it's a little like, there's a lot of stuff going on in that movie. I mean, it's Lars von Trier, so. Yeah. (laughs) So like, you also get into a place where like, like you think about his headspace because he had, I think he and his wife had split up and there's this, uh, he tried to kill himself, I think, at that point. And so there's all of this, and it's, like, baked in. That's why Melancholia is like that, too. Uh, Melancholia is definitely a, you know, I tried to kill myself movie. Mm-hmm. So uh, Antichrist just goes into, like, the worst territory. Like, just, like, every vile thought that you have, like, in the moment, like, comes mm-hmm. forth at the end of that oh, film. Wonderful. So, yeah, good, you know, so look forward to that. Um at the same time, so I told my brother this. I go, I'm like, I don't know if I liked it or hated it. And I kind of just left it at that. I didn't tell him any of these, this other stuff. Yeah. He's on his second date uh, with somebody. They're like, hey, want to watch a movie? They put this thing on. They're still together. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know that Must happened. be true love. <laughs> <laughs> Must be. Must be. Yeah. Wow. I, I, know someone so. <laughs> who, I know someone who went on a first date and um, they got shown Old Boy. The original um korean version mm. and that, that was it that was it for them um <laughs> not surprised wow. yeah that's uh not that, that you gotta be at least that we should we should do one, <laughs> we should do a piece on that jp movies not to go on a date to oh my god <laughs> so, i have to admit i once heard somebody like necromantic on valentine's day and <laughs> i've never seen this so the, the, that's been coming up a lot i i i bought it a while ago and I know what it is. I, I know it's, you know, terrible. And I'm like, I'm going to do this. It's, I'm going to get through this at some point. It's so weird. <laughs> okay, so the second, when I shared it on like a Valentine's Day a couple of years ago, it was awful. I was like, I felt really sick. I was like, why have I done this to myself? Um, <laughs> but the first time I watched it, I actually watched it at a film festival and the director was there. And I was overjoyed because it had a story and I was really surprised that it had a story. And I, I, felt the, I felt for the main guy in the film, and I just thought, this has a story. How have they managed that? And it was just really absurd. It was so absurd that I, I love the fact that they made this movie, and it was just really absurd. And the police kept trying to shut it down every time it was being screened somewhere. So, yeah. And, and I remember the director kind of came in, and he was just like, I don't know what, I don't know what the hell you guys are doing here, but. Uh, Thanks for turning up. At least we at least we don't have to worry about the police shutting us down in like this day and age. So, yeah, that yeah. Uh, yeah. Jorg, yeah. Uh, but but great. I'm I'm butchering that. <laughs> I'm butchering that name. Um, but yeah, I, I bought like there's a four pack with Necromantic and Necromantic Two in it, and I was like, at some point, I'm going to take these on. But hearing you say that, like that, the fact that it actually has a story and and that it's just absurd and it's 
like that's all I want from it, to be honest with you. That's 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 literally like the best thing I could hear. <laughs> I mean, it's a loose story, Sean, but it's still there. It's still there. Huh? there. There's a little bit of humanity in there where you're like, oh. <laughs> then you're like, a little bit. Uh. <laughs> yeah, 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 pretty yeah, much. Fair enough. <laughs> All right, so we should probably get back to the. <laughs> That's the weirdest segment. Um, anyway, uh, yeah. So let me let me go into this. So water is clearly important in, mm-hmm. in the cell. Um, he has the stroke in the water, which I think is also another painting. Um, I think I read something about that. Uh, it also is used in a uh, Jack Nicholson film, just him hanging out of the tub kind of thing. Um, but he has the stroke in water. Uh, Mokalok doesn't like water. Um, I, I think Mokalok is a very uh, sort of hidden character in this whole thing. Yeah. Because yeah. which character is he? So when I'm at the very beginning, no, 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 it's it's fine. I, I totally me too. Um, so when we get to um, right at the beginning, when we get into Edward's dream, Edward says the Mokalok doesn't like water, oh, and yeah, he yeah. doesn't want me to leave here, and he's yeah. afraid of leaving the place. And realistically, what we're seeing is we're seeing a a breaking point for Edward and what the breaking point could mean if he ends up with Carl, like if he ends up like Carl, uh, mm-hmm. because they also talk about both of them have, they call it a disease, but it, it's schizophrenia that is what they have uh, both of them. And that's what Edward's condition is, is he's in some sort of coma brought on by schizophrenia. I love that you keep calling him Edward because I don't call him Edward. I call him Mr. E, because that's what they call him, Mr. E. Oh, <laughs> I just heard, I think I heard them call him Edward. Mr. E, so. Mr. E, yeah, okay, that makes sense. <laughs> uh, that seems like a Lynch thing to do, too. Um, but th- that's sort of what I'm getting at, too, is it's sort of a, it's all sort of a dream, isn't it? It's, mm-hmm. we can't. There's a, there's a certain point where I think that we have a hard time discerning whether what we're watching is reality and or not reality. Like, did they all make it out of there? It, did it ever occur at all kind of thing? I don't think it ever gets there. I kind of think that New Line had a lot to do with, like, parts of this movie. Because there's a certain part in the movie where it all of a sudden becomes seven. Um, and it, it felt like New Line was really pushing that sort of seven vibe in, mm-hmm. into the film. And I kind of get the, the sense that there's supposed to be more of a, um, more a mystery, you know, <laughs> into yeah, yeah. the film. And, well, for me, more than seven, I got uh, Silence of the Lamb. Oh, yes, absolutely. That that yeah. raid scene especially is yeah. is taken right from the um, yeah. Well, I mean, playbook. pretty much the whole thing, you know, like there, there's, a, there's a kidnapped woman and they're trying to find her and they got to kind of, you know, find the well i guess well i guess they don't have to find the guy who did it but you know they, i mean she's going into his mind trying to find him kind of mm-hmm. yeah, you know, like yeah. The, the, oh, the, whole, a... the whole story oh it's beautiful it's very reminiscent <laughs> of it <laughs> uh yeah no there's there's also like there's small uh alice in wonderland references there's small um there, there's a lot uh silence oh, yeah. of the lambs though definitely and 
the mm-hmm. dolls uh apparently the uh the dolls there's also an art reference to the brothers quay who i guess do a lot of work with yeah. dolls as well yeah. um it's yeah just, I, I picked out everything i, I went on I a whole thing <laughs> i love the experimental nature of it like through the editing like when she's first walking around and then the camera shifts and then to the side when she's going down the steps like i i just love that and the sound design is is really beautiful it's really something uh, people might not pick up on the first time, but I'm sure on the hundredth time, <laughs> I don't know how many times I've seen it, but like that sound design is is really nicely done. It's really nicely done. So. Yeah, I'm gonna have to watch it about 98 more times. <laughs> no, that's not true. <laughs> yeah, I watched this a whole bunch back 23 years yeah. ago, but it's been a minute. This yeah. this was yeah, it was good though. This was fun to revisit because I I haven't seen it in so long. It was really interesting so, because I think this was the first time it impacted me so emotionally. Uh, I mean, it's an emotional film, um, but this time it was just, I think just because I, I personally have done, done so much like healing and I've gone through so much growth, especially in the last three years. Um, and this is the first time I've watched, rewatched The Cell since like the old version of me. So it, it's been really, it was really interesting. Um, and that's when I kind of realized when it dawned on me, it was like, okay, hey, this is, there's so much of Black Lake here. Like it's, it's here, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. so that's sort of, that's, that's a good point where we should segue to is um, what, like water, water is so important in that movie and Black Lake, it's, it's a super important factor too. It's, um, well, for me, it's always been connected to the feminine psyche, you know, water has always been linked, a link to the feminine um, and I love how it's like that double-edged sword almost. It kind of, it's a destructive force and it gives life, just like in the cell where you could be baptized in water, but you could also drown someone in water, you know, death yeah. and birth. Mm-hmm. So yeah. um, for me, um, using the element of water was just um, the obvious choice when it came to making a film about women. Uh, yeah i mean that makes sense i i think when i when i saw the original one first of all we should talk about that too is when i saw the original version of black lake i said you've invented a new kind of horror film it's elemental horror Mm -hmm. um the new black lake (laughs) which is very new i was surprised at how new it was um it's almost a completely different film uh beyond just uh narratively it like it's it's a little more linear uh the it's i feel like did you do reshoots did you go somewhere and and, i i just had a lot of footage there was a lot oh wow (laughs) um and it and it's funny that you say it's more linear because i i said to my post-production team i said i know most people would probably expect me to do something mainstream but let's put it let's just pull it in the opposite direction but let's just make it more art house so uh, no I, very I, art house <laughs> <laughs> um i think that like uh, for all that it's like for both versions are concerned I, i've always thought that you are an artist working um on whenever you're making a film you're making a piece of art uh this is no different uh I, for me though, like when I watched the, the original one, I was like, this is like, I was like, this is a little abstract, but I'm, I'm really in this one. I felt like there was a little bit more like going back and forth. Like even the beginning of, of the new black lake is very, uh, I don't want to give too much away. So I'll, I'll 
sort of cut it. Uh, the there's parts where it sort of does the exorcist thing where like you're seeing like the you know the the Pakistan side and it's almost like that uh like Father Merrick in <laughs> you know doing his thing. And I mean it does have that sort of exorcist element where you know she gets the scarf and Reagan gets the um the necklace. Yeah. So it does have that sort of exorcist thing going on for it and uh you know being haunted by the Churel and and all of that. But yeah so I guess my my biggest question to you is what inspired you to to wanna like take take this on again and, and cut it again and and make it different? Um, well, um, Sean, so I in twenty fifteen I made my first feature film, which was Maya, and that went that didn't actually go anywhere, and I had the world premiere of that last year. Um, so I kind of revisited Maya again. So here's what happened. Uh, Maya was kind of on the back bench. Black Lake was done. Oh, you got a kitty too. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My, my one's being very patient and just looking at me. Um, no. so, um, so, you know, Maya was on the back bench. Black Lake, I felt, did really well on the festival circuit. Well enough for me anyway. And then in what year are we in now 2023 <laughs> at the end of 2021 so after black lake had been on the circuit for a couple of years um i'd finished scripting my third feature film i finished scripting my third feature film vessel and i just thought i'm not quite ready for this yet so i revisited maya got that out and we had a screening at a renegade film festival last year so um february 2022 and we won best film it was very well received and there was just so much love for it and when i came back to london uh, from the from the trip to the us um with with maya i thought to myself right let's get on with vessel because i was supposed to start filming vessel like towards the end of last year and I thought, no, there's something wrong with Black Lake. Like the energy just isn't right because we had it on Amazon Prime, and I was also losing people who were involved in the in in the film. Um, the energy just felt bad. And after seeing what I'd done with Maya, like kind of correcting the energy, revisiting it, I felt like I I wanted to go back to Black Lake and just with the person I was then, like with the growth I'd put in, like, you know, I started meditating, journaling and all sorts of things. And I had to reconcile something within myself for Black Lake to work. And uh, I call it the divine feminine. It was kind of uh, healing, like, you know, like mother wounds and all sorts and and things for me to really tell the Jurel story uh, or really tell a feminine story. I had to kind of reconcile parts of myself um, and that was why I also made the decision to have a split score. So I contacted Tegan Johnston um, to to come on board as a female composer. Tegan's score is awesome, by the way. Um, so first nice. of all, I, is really I, love, I love the Burning Tape score, like, obviously. Like, I know. <laughs> um, but the, I think uh, Tegan just... First of all, I thought she was great in the strings. I thought the music in the strings was great. Uh, this this was another level, though. I was like, 
holy shit <laughs> like they definitely brought a new tone and, and temperament uh atmosphere in, in different scenes just mm -hmm. changed uh completely so yeah i i was like okay okay yeah <laughs> it was so surreal guys honestly like um i was thinking about getting a female composer on board and i remember just one evening i was meditating and tegan's name popped into my head and i was just like who's Tegan? Like, I mean, I knew her from the strings, but we weren't connected or anything at all. And this was like a year or something after that, you know? So I was like, who's Tegan? And then it just kind of dawned on me. It was like, oh, Tegan from the strings. So I emailed, I emailed Tegan and I was like, Tegan, so this is, this is what's happening. And we had a video chat and she was just on board. Um, and there was just this beautiful confidence that she had um, where instead of sending me like track by track, she just said, I'm going to deliver on this date. And she delivered like the whole package. And it was like, Whoa. yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. If anything, I was blown. Like I, w I would say that the score was just a complete surprise to me because I was, I was ready to give you hell about because <laughs> I, I was like, I really like the burning tape score. And um, Tegan just like crushed it. I was like, holy shit. I was like, okay, all right, I'm wrong. <laughs> but I, you know, at least I can admit it. The uh... <laughs> and, I, and I think that's the thing that's going to really surprise people because, um, you know, Tegan asked me what kind of uh, film scores I liked. And, I, and one of the ones um, that I really highlighted was the Nocturnal Animals score because mm -hmm. I love that score and it's the, the pacing of it and everything and it really elevates the film. So I needed something to just, um, you know, because I love the Burning Tape score too, but it, sometimes it just felt a little bit heavy and I needed... Yeah you know, rather than it just kind of clashing sometimes with the visuals, um, because they were both so powerful, I needed more, to, I needed to strike a balance. And this director's cut feels so much more balanced in terms of kind of masculine and feminine energy, however anybody wants to interpret that. Um, but yeah, for me, it's, it's balanced. No, I get that. Um, I listened, uh, I, uh, back in October, I threw on the the soundtrack for uh, atmosphere because I, I think it's I think it's like an essential like Halloween time like spooky mm -hmm. sort of uh, soundtrack and that's how I enjoy it but even even I was like this is a little you know some of it's very ethereal and then some of it gets like really dark and mm -hmm. like dismal and I go I go this is real like because there is sort of a weird uh, kind of way about it. Yeah, um, yeah, I'll put it. I'll put it that way. But um, no, the I, I think um, I think Tegan crushed it for you. So yeah, it, absolutely. Yeah. And another thing I was able to do was, um, well, my sound designer and mixer Tatsujiro Otto, he did such a phenomenal job on the um, the the work from Maya. So Maya doesn't have an original score. I got. I have mm -hmm. some licensed music. But all the sound work is done by Tatsujiro. So all the dream sequences he conjured up. So when I told him, I was like, don't get mad. <laughs> I was like, we're going to do Black Wake again. Um, <laughs> and when he heard Tegan's score and saw how it was newly edited, he was really inspired. So I gave him some of the dream sequences in the director's cut of Black Lake, which he did. And it was just like, wow, wow. 
Uh, so yeah, really, really happy about how the sound has come together for for I, the new Black Lake. I think that that's really important for the uh, for the director's cut of Black Lake too. Is that your sound design uh, and the dream sequences and, and things like that, things that really weren't there before. Uh, I feel like that. I feel like the cell is a perfect sort of complement to it um because there is like i was just saying i think that the original version or tarsum's vision was to sort of meld things together and have it be like uh sort of a dream in reality sort of thing you know so the fall is kind of like that too where it's you know it kind of is like things are but they aren't kind of thing um your dream sequences in black lake feel that same way like sometimes you have a tough time discerning is this really happening or is this a uh you know is this a dream sequence so yeah i i kind of get that with uh the sound design especially uh especially the beginning of it is so silent and then by the end like the end of it you're, you know you're screaming your head off right so <laughs> um yes so like it, it is it's i i dig that you know like i, <laughs> I really enjoyed that thanks you okay there, JP? <laughs> yeah, sorry. Oh, yeah. I've kind of taken over on you this week, JP. That's, you know what? Go for it. Go for it. <laughs> Hopefully you're just still shocked about the cell and like, how did I miss this brilliant movie? Yeah, it was just so awesome, you know? I'm just I'm still basking in the glow of it. You know? If you had if you had one I will say one thing about the cell. I have one scene in the movie where I just go, why is this here? Oh, oh um, what is what, it? What scene? <laughs> it's so freaking cliche. Uh, J-Lo in her underwear smoking joints to reggae music. I'm like, what in the hell is this scene and why is it here? <laughs> well, to be honest, mm. I, I can see why you say that. But it's like literally the only time we get to see her relax. I'm not. I'm not talking about the scene as it, as I'm oh, talking just, about the scene as it is. Like, yeah, yeah like we could have that scene and not have it be so cliche. Like, like I, the reggae music. First of all, like, like what are we doing? What, what are we doing? <laughs> um, Do you have something against reggae music, Sean? No, I'm just saying. Like, I listen. If I'm getting stoned, listen to records, which does happen on occasion. It's it's everything i'm not just listening to, i'm not listening to reggae music <laughs> i'm listening to anything like sure reggae music might come on but i'd be like okay this is this seems weird <laughs> that's all i'm saying maybe tarsus singh is a big reggae fan I, i'm just saying it just seems a little uh i i see i see yeah no i see your perspective there <laughs> yeah i'm just like she's like but the alone in her underwear, like all that, I'm like, okay, I I don't even sit alone in my underwear. Like I I put on sweatpants, like a normal person, pajamas, you know. Oh, like, I'm not, like I just I'm not, and I'm not like I'm not being down on on any of that. Like I don't care if that's how they wanted the scene, but it's just like I just went. This is so random. <laughs> I was like, I, I, I get that you can relax. I get that you can have a joint. Like go for it. I don't care on any of that. But really like it just that. seems. It, so like I, I felt like it was quite it's very brief but it seems like a very intimate scene because it's like it's the only time we see her in her own space which isn't occupied by anyone else so it, it, and that's probably why it stands out so much it's probably one of the yeah. other reasons where it stands out so much so it, it, yeah. it probably like I mean we also see like the difference between her and Peter 
Mm -hmm. uh relaxing the difference for peter is that he's he does work and drink and drinks a couple of beers stays up all night and then yeah uh you know the next morning there he is in the office i think he's putting his tie back on yeah Uh, do you know what that's how he relaxes (laughs) what i especially love about that scene where j-lo's at home is um there is a painting on one of her walls of the horse at the beginning Mm -hmm. of the film and and I just love how that's in there. Yeah, I was trying to find that because that the horse is definitely something too. And I haven't put it together yet. I'm like, I can't find this damn horse. I know it's uh, it's something. I don't remember if it's, I don't know if it's an artifact or I something. I couldn't find anything it about it either. Um, but um, I feel like if I'm not mistaken, it's something that kind of comes up again in like the fall as well. Um, horses. So they must just be special to Tarson. Could, could be. Could be. Could be. <laughs> all right so um let's see jp what do you have for the cell oh boy what do i have for the cell um so i found uh i found like uh like uh, like seven and um silence of the lambs kind of vibes um i found it, it like uh, like different parts of the movie reminded me a lot of of a lot of other movies uh, i don't know if that's intentional on tarsman singh's part or if this was just me for some reason being reminded of things but like for example um when uh when when the villain uh what's his name uh starger uh when he when he's like hanging uh from you know from those like those hooks in his Mm -hmm. his back that reminded me a lot of hellraiser um a lot a lot of the visuals reminded me a lot of del toro um what else oh, I, I can see Del Toro here? being a huge fan of this film. Yeah, for sure. yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, yeah, especially early Del Toro. Yeah, yeah, yeah like exactly. Devil's like, Backbone and, and yeah. um, Pan's Labyrinth, Chronos, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. Uh, even the even the um, so like when when they're when, when J Lo's going into to people's minds and there and like when you see their actual bodies on the table there, it, it reminded me in kind of a weird way of uh, of Dead Ringers. Um, okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I know it, 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 it's kind of a weird comparison because it, it's specifically of the scene in Dead Ring or the scenes where they're where they're like doing surgery or like whatever medical procedures they're doing because like it, it looks weird, but there's nothing actually like malevolent going on. It's just a weird way to visualize something that's relatively normal. It's like, in that sense, it reminded me of it. Um, probably kind of a weird comparison, but. So like x-ray, like, like we were talking about last week in x-ray when she gets the examination. No, Sean. Not Is that like just too x-ray. creepy? <laughs> oh, you know, Sean, I was having a good day. And then Until I reminded you of Barbie Benton, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Oh God. Um, but yeah, uh, let, let's see. I, I, there was one scene that I was like, this is, that's kind of cool. There, um, the parking lot scene where, uh, the, the woman is attacked and Carl mm-hmm. takes her, um, mm-hmm. her outfit matches the, the rest of the, the scene. I, this is something that I wouldn't notice, but my, like all of a sudden I was like, holy shit. Um, her, she's wearing a blue blouse and a, like gray overcoat and obviously the and then she's got the yellow taser the pillars are yellow uh, the the car is blue and the rest of the scene is gray because it's a parking garage and i'm like 
this is so freaking weird. I go, I don't understand why it's like this. It's uh, the color, color. Like, like seriously, it's it's a thing. The the, the colors and the yeah. film, everything is just so well thought out. Uh, I feel, um, yeah, yeah, and even those yeah. kind of what you would consider mundane scenes, there's still something there. Yeah, my ASMR was like going crazy. I was like, this is great. <laughs> I keep doing this. <laughs> the thing that was from my first viewing in 2001, I think I was about six, I must have been 16 or something, uh, 2002. Um, the thing that was most, most memorable for me was when she first makes contact with the Stargirl King in the dream world. And she's in that room with the the cloak draped around the wall. And when he stands up and that unclips and he comes down and he says, what are you doing here? That scene for me was like the height of cinematic form. I remember just thinking like this, this is what I want. This is what I want. Uh, At the time, I didn't know I was going to make films, but I was like, this is what I want. Whatever this is. Yeah, this More is what of this, please. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, that's a gorgeous sequence. Uh, when he comes down with the cape on, I always get from like that scene, and then um, when like some of the Geiger esque looks to him mm-hmm. is uh, that the red dragon, the, the yeah. painting, the red dragon. I constantly Absolutely. think of that, and I was kind of surprised that it wasn't on the list of, of artworks like related yeah. to this film, yeah. um, well, because JP. it seems so. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Sean. Go continue. It just seems so obvious. Like that, that's all I was going to say. Well, when JP mentioned about the the Hellraiser vibes with the chains, I actually related it to William Blake's Red Dragon. The way he kind of does that uh, with his mm-hmm. body and his arms. That to me was just like was was like a reference to Red Dragon. Yeah, yeah that is the same to me. Uh, but I, I totally I get the Hellraiser vibe though too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I mean I. I think that's pretty obvious, but I also think that there's, uh, it, I mean, there's a, there's some denoted, uh, like sexual confusion scenes within mm-hmm. the film as well, uh, mm-hmm. which I think all relate to, to sort of that Hellraiser vibe. Yeah. And I mean, obviously like <laughs> you're, you're suspending yourself over women that are dead to, to <laughs> do your thing, man. <laughs> um, so it's like, Obviously, there's some sexual confusion there, but later in the film, when he's, you know, uh, the we see the abuse we see uh, mm-hmm. from the father, and you know, yeah. see that, don't touch that, that you know, all that stuff. There's clearly like uh, a psychological factor there, and uh, a weird way to relate this back to Black Lake, um, <laughs> but that sort of cycle of uh, violence that you're talking about in in yeah. Black Lake as well. Um, so I, I definitely, like, when I was watching, uh, The Cell, I, I definitely started seeing things from, from the Black Lake perspective. Mm-hmm. So I, I get it. Um, I definitely see where this influenced you. And even, uh, the, the red, the, the scarf, the, uh, just the way that things pop in the, in your film, uh, very, yeah. very similar. Yeah. I think there was just this, um, like this whole month has been so fascinating for me because I, I recently went to an exhibition um, at the Design Museum here in London. It was um, uh, called, it was uh, an exhibition on surrealism and it was about objects of desire. So a lot of Dali, Man Ray, uh, some Bjork, 
Um, in fact, when I gave them feedback, I was like, where was your David Lynch stuff, guys? Like, that was the only artist. I also had Maya Deren, who I adore. And just going through this exhibition, there, there were just so many different types of textures. And I was like, I really love textures. Um, and I feel like in the cell, they really explore that as well. Um, and that's what I wanted to do with Black Lake is to give people an experience that kind of transcended just that that screen where you would want to touch things and eat things like cereal or just you know or rice um but yeah i just wanted to give people just multiple dimensions uh i wanted to make it a real sensory thing so so this is this is a good way to enter into uh everything that that uh the people coming to black lake in uh, Lana can look forward to mm-hmm. like the pie bar. <laughs> pie bar, yeah. Oh, oh God, so you're giving people the textures that you want. I know, I know. So don't <laughs> premiere. I know. So I got in touch with Pie Bar, and I was like, "Hey guys, so like, I never knew Pie Bars existed, but I'm from London, and I love your store. Would you like consider sponsoring my event?" Uh, and I'll place your ad before the script, like before the film, because for me, it's like, oh, we're going to show pie before the film. So that's just another element. So, yeah, I'm so, I'm super excited. Oh, <laughs> wait, so wait, what what's a pie bar? I've never heard it's, of that. It's a bar which um, does crazy amounts of like different flavors of pie. So they're based so- in um, Marietta Square. Uh, it's a company. I think they've got a couple of stores. Uh, I discovered them last year when I was at the Renegade Film Festival. Um, I went in, said pie bar, and they just had different flavors of pie. And I said to them, I was like, my dream would be to walk away with a whole pie of just different flavors. And they said, we can do that. So it oh, is wow. now. I am now the bringer of pies. So it's it's the expectation from me now at Renegade Film Festival to be the pie bringer. <laughs> Um, and also I'm obsessed with pie because of Twin Peaks. And in the pandemic, I, I did that crazy thing of learning how to make my own cherry pie. I actually have a Twin Peaks cookbook. So yeah, right. that is me. Very cool. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so I think we need to wrap up because we have done yeah. a full hour. That's, <laughs> that's amazing. But um Okay, please. First of all, thank you. Thank you for yeah, doing thanks. this. Thanks thank for being you. Here. This, this, this is awesome. Nice to meet you too, JP. <laughs> yep, likewise. <laughs> and um, I just want to give you a, a couple minutes to promote your stuff. Like, tell everybody where they can find you. Tell them, uh, you know, what you're doing. Tell them where they can see Black Lake Director Scott. And absolutely, and so thank you. So uh, you can follow me on Instagram's probably the best place. So at Bad Wolf Films on Instagram, same on Facebook and Twitter. Twitter is a scary place, but sometimes I appear on it. Um, also uh, via website um, www.badwolffilms.co.uk. Um, join the mailing list. Sometimes you get to know things before everybody else, um, and we'll be screening. Uh, the world premiere of what I call BLDC, so Black Lake Director's Cut, at the iconic Plaza Theatre in Atlanta on the 5th of March. Uh, Tickets are very limited, so if you are in the Atlanta area or fancy traveling down or up um, or around, (laughs) 
uh, you can buy tickets uh, again through the website. Um, yeah, yeah. So Maya is still on the festival circuit. We've still um, got a couple more spots that we're waiting to hear back from. Uh, I'll be able to talk more about that in hopefully a week. <laughs> Um, but yeah, with Black Lake, with the director's cut of Black Lake, I'm a bit sensitive and cautious with it because it's kind of done a festival circuit run with the original, um, but I might be submitting it to a handful of festivals that I think would be a good match for it. Um, so yeah, just, uh, really excited to continue the journey this year with both Black Lake, director's cut and Maya. And this year in November, I should be away filming Vessel my third feature film. That's that. That's all. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So thank you again, uh, Kay, for being with us. Uh, and as always, you guys can find everything horror, horror obsessive. Next week, JP and I will be talking Scream 5 right before the Scream 6 premiere. And uh, yeah. That's that's what you got to look forward to, right, JP? Yeah, it should be fun. I hope <laughs> it will be fun. <laughs> it will be. It will be. All right. See you. All right. Well, talk to you all in two weeks, huh? All right. Thank you, guys. Thanks everybody for listening.